0: Welcome to Health Systems CIO's podcast interview with Sunny Sapra, SVP and CIO at Samaritan Health Services. In part two, Sapra talks about the set of standards his team has developed to improve employee satisfaction and hopefully reduce burnout, what he believes should be the top criteria for CIOs when considering a career move, and what he hopes to learn by participating in ACHE's Executive Diversity Program. It seems like that's just such an important quality to be able to pivot. You know, we hear that word a lot, but it's true, to be able to change our thinking.
1: Absolutely. I I think it's critical in today's world to be able to pivot that way. And honestly, I don't think there's been a greater time, at least that I can remember, with where we are with staffing and the great resignation and, and trying to keep employees and have employees be happy for where they are and have that personal life to take care of I don't think there's been a greater time where we've had to adjust to be able to do so. Mm -hmm. Um, The demands right now are where those employees have options. We lose employees to companies like Amazon and Google and and some of these competitive tech companies now. It's not only losing them to healthcare, we're losing them to other industries. And so we've got to be able to create that environment that really does let us get to a space where we can adjust to their lifestyles a little bit. And, and what they need from a day-to-day basis. And I think we've been able to pivot that pretty successfully now mm-hmm. uh, where we are keeping staff, we're retaining staff, and hopefully we're keeping them happier because we are putting a lot of effort uh, in that because you know, if the only thing that connects that employee to our organization and their four walls is a
0: paycheck, they can get that anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, right. And so we've got to be able to look at what is it that they need from a day-to-day life. So we've looked at schedules
1: with 410s. You know, depending on the role, we've we've tried to be as flexible as possible to say, how can we make it work for them that they feel valued and they feel like they can have their life outside of work as well because that is an important facet to be able to look at. Yeah.
0: And... When we talk about you know what it takes to build high-performing teams, which you just touched on, really is so much of it. And is, is there anything else you can think of that really lends to that idea of building a high-performance team?
1: I think as we grow in this journey, I, like I said, I think that pendulum swung right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are really adjusting and pivoting. I think there is going to be a point where uh, the pendulum is going to start swinging the other way a little bit as well, mm-hmm. uh, and we have to be. Adjust to that as well, because I I do see one aspect of it that it's very successful, uh, and we are you know we've got these high performing teams. They are working in an environment that they want to be in. But I also am seeing a little bit of that burnout because we've gone to that remote sense of working, and we've gone to where we don't have that time between meetings to be able to go building the building. We're not building that into our schedules. And, and we're struggling with where people are going from one Zoom meeting to another, right? Yeah. Um, and they're not setting that time aside that they had typically before, and they're working late in the hour. And I see this with my wife, because my wife works from home right now mm-hmm. uh, as well. And you know,
0: we'll be sitting at dinner and she'll
1: be like, oh my gosh, I forgot to send something with you today,
0: so I'm gonna run it. And her office is 10 steps away yeah. from the dining area. so. She will pick up from the dining room and run into her office and go do
1: something and then come back a half an hour later. And while she was there, she saw a bunch of other things that came mm-hmm. up and so she, she wants to respond to those. And so I, I feel like for high performing teams, we've gotta be able to find more ways to disconnect, especially from that remote workforce. And so I, I think we are going to see more of a desire to meet more often in person because they're missing that. I think we're gonna see a desire to come into the office a little bit more and have that more of that hybrid workforce. And we've got to be able to adjust to that and i think we're going to have to set some standards within is which we are doing in our organization we're calling them the is norms uh where we are talking about 45 minute meetings not hour long meetings so that they have 15 minutes to be able to adjust for that next meeting yeah. right go to the restroom pick up a, a cup of coffee go get a glass of water uh, stretch your legs and be able to do things that
0: Yeah, it's, it's so interesting. And as far as coming to Samaritan, I know you wanted to go back to the area, but what was it about this organization that uh, that appealed to you?
1: Uh, that's an interesting question because you know my first call was with our CFO and our CEO, and I knew that wherever I wanted to move next, I was going to be pretty particular mm-hmm. because when you're know, moving, if you're not going to go to the right place, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so I was pretty particular about what I wanted uh, and I made it very clear through my conversation that this is what I was looking for. And very respectfully told them that if that was something that was not of an interest to them, then pleasure talking to them, but maybe it's not the right place for me. And so we had very candid discussions. And the thing that attracted me the most was the thought uh, of our CEO of just being very collaborative, um, extremely involving in the process of just decision making having the culture of really making sure that we were truly thinking like a system and also having truly the value of IS in the organization because IT sometimes is looked as just a support department. And, you know, I wanted to make sure we weren't going to be looked at as a support department. We were going to be looking as a pivotal strategic partner within the organization. And so just the response that I got from the leadership team and there's only so much you can hear, you know, and really get to know an organization from an interview process because you spend a few hours, but that few hours will give you a sense, but you don't truly get it until you get here, mm-hmm. uh, right? And for me, at some point, it's kind of a leap of faith and you take that leap of faith and, and you move with it. Uh, and it, so for me, everything sounded great and it was a leap of faith, but coming to this organization, I truly feel like they walk the walk and they talk the talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, So it's probably one of the best decisions I've made coming to this organization. I feel like IS is valued. I feel like we are a partner in the organization. I feel like my opinion matters. I'm part of that leadership team that really does uh, talk about everything with the leadership team and we we work through it. And I say the biggest thing is that our number one cause
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just in some of what you were saying, it really shows to me how the CIO role has evolved. Having held it in previous organizations, I'm sure that you've you've seen it firsthand. So I, I bet it's pretty interesting that, you know, to see the CIO role and really all of IS just kind of evolve.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, and that's part of Part of the attraction of also coming here was that I was going to be the CIO over the health plan as well. Yeah. And that's a unique opportunity a lot of CIOs don't get, right? To, to be able to really see, you know, I would say the full continuum of care of where you have the delivery of care, you've got the patient experience side of it, and you've got where those costs go to and how they get reimbursed and, and what those claims look like while looking at the data across the board, I think it is something that... Not many folks get to experience and and i feel like i'm very lucky and and actually honored to be part
0: of part of that group as well oh yeah i think that that's that's a really big draw and over time i think we'll start to see more of that but uh not going to happen quickly of course that's right that's right okay so um i know we've covered a lot but there's one more area i really did want to get into and um that's uh the work you're doing with ACHE's uh, Executive Diversity Program. So just wanted to talk about why it's important to you and of what you hope to do with that.
1: Yeah, you know, Kate, I grew up in Southern Africa. You know, I, I was born in East Africa, grew up in Southern Africa, in Botswana. I, I went to college in, you know, through Middlesex University in the U.K. I've, you know, lived in Australia, Malaysia, Singapore, worked in those areas uh, through Sara. I've been through enough, uh, and, I, and I come from you know uh, a different cultural background. I'm, I'm Indian, originally from India. That's where my parents are from, uh, and so uh, I've been enough in those minority situations where I've always had an affinity to help in making that a priority. So for me, it was—it's uh, always been important. Uh, I think there's no better time right now as as today. Really looking at you know the, the DEI and the diversity, the equity, the inclusion of, of all within our workforce, it's something that we are you know putting focus on within our organization uh, ourselves. And I think there's uh, there's a lot of leaders out there that are overlooked sometimes because uh, of the DEI issues that we have. And so this is something that you know is near near to my heart. Uh, I was honored to have applied for it and, and become one of those twelve scholars. Uh, with the ACAG for this program. We actually just got back from our first get together in Chicago and uh, I can tell you those 12 folks uh, or that those 11 that have joined me in that, in that program are all exceptional leaders. And there's nothing better than learning from what others are doing and not reinventing the wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just putting our thoughts and minds together about what some of the challenges are, how we're approaching some of those challenges, being able to talk about what our future aspiring goals are, and being able to just work together. That program, they brought this group together, and we have become a very close-knit group in a matter of days. Mm. I mean, we we felt like we
0: were walking away as friends within a day or two. Uh, And so, it's a great program, and I, I look forward to learning more.
1: I look forward to bringing that learning back to my organization, and hopefully educating others along the way, because I think this is an area that I don't think we're going to lose sight of now from what the pandemic has brought, uh, honestly, to light with some of the disparities that have taken place and what's happening in the workforce today. And
0: so I hope to continue to learn, but also educate along the way. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of growing interest now in what um, health systems can do to to promote more diversity and inclusion and and leadership roles, and it's it's so important. So I think that these discussions are really, really going to be impactful.
1: Yeah, and also, you know, really learning about our patients and making sure that we're collecting that data and using that data to drive some of those decisions is going to be critical uh, in all of this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What you said about COVID bringing that to light is uh, that's a huge opportunity. Absolutely. Um, just as a side note, I actually lived in Singapore also for about five years when I was a kid. So. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah Atlanta,
1: just a great country and city, and it's probably one of my favorite places in all of Southeast Asia. I love it. I actually we were thinking about maybe having a trip there this December because my nephew's getting married in India. Oh wow! Um, we were thinking about going for the wedding, and I'm like, if we're going that far, uh, let's stop in Singapore for a few days because oh, uh, yeah. my son is very much a foodie and, and into <laughs> culinary, and, and there's no better melting pot for food than
0: Singapore. Oh <laughs> yeah, uh, you know. Oh, Mexico, absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, it was great. I was spoiled though. I was I grew up going to school with kids from sixty something different countries, and then we came here. So right, right, so different, right? Yeah, um, yeah, but a great uh, experience.
1: That truly is a melting pot, so you're very lucky to have spent time there.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, so I think that's about it. There's definitely more I could talk to you about, but um, yeah, thank you so much. I will follow up if I have any questions or anything else comes up, but um, otherwise, uh, thank you so much for your time, and uh, I will be in touch. Absolutely,
1: and if you ever need to talk further or talk about certain topics, feel free to reach out at any point, Kate. I'm happy to help
0: wherever I can. Oh, sounds great. I will. Thank you so much.